Today's edition of Neo Reality Collective is brought to you by Anchor.fm, a free distribution service podcasting hosting platform that allows you to record your podcast on your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so much more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor.fm app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Games. In this modified game, you can see the enemy through walls. Wrestling. Bounced off the damn edge, and that's now in position again. With a spear to McIntyre. Pop culture. Everybody wants to be Batman. This is your home for the best combination of the three. Welcome, everyone, to the relaunch of Neo Reality Collective. So, we got a lot of covering of the DC Universe's latest venture in the new era heading into March 2021. Something called DC Issue Zero Infinite Frontier. So this was a strange announcement over the week. So heading into Friday, there was a ton of announcements being made, new launches, new creative teams, new series being published in the aftermath of what will become of Dark Knight's death metal event. So this was part of a rumor going around. Bleeding Cool had reported it. So the report was that there was a DC Omniverse being planned where essentially everything is canon, yet none of it actually matters, which is telling of a microcosm of the continuity that we're throwing out. But the DC Universe officially announced on their DCComics.com blog that there will in fact be a DC one-shot, Infinite Frontier Issue Zero. I don't get the whole point of a zeroth issue, but it's give or take. So this will bring together the creative talent in the comics to introduce the next phase of the DC Universe, which will be a 64-page one-shot presenting infinite possibilities for the world's greatest superheroes, releasing on March 2nd, 2021. The blog post read that the DC Universe enters its next phase this March with the release of Infinite Frontier Issue Zero, a 64-page one-shot from the most creative and innovative storytellings in comics that sets the table for new tales, talent, and characters for 2021 and beyond. As Dark Knight's death metal exposes our heroes to the multiverse's darkest threats and a DC future state provides a glimpse into possible futures of the DC universe, this blockbuster one-shot propels our current heroes into the current day and a world full of endless possibilities. Joshua Williamson, who was the lead writer of the Flash story until issue officially issue 101, and was the end game of his run and his era on the Flash for all the way back from Rebirth, and his epilogue sort of was eventually death metal, speed metal. Infinite Frontier really feels like the beginning of a new era of DC Comics, a time when anything is possible, he said in an interview on DCComics.com blog. We're talking, we're taking the aftermath of Dark Knight's death metal and combining it with the best things we love as storytellers about the DC Universe, resulting in bold, fun, and exciting new directions. There are a lot of teases, just new storylines and surprises, mysteries for the year set up in Infinite Frontier Issue Zero that you won't want to miss. So, featuring a dynamic primary cover by Dan Jurgens and Michael Jannon. So, the classic artist, meaning the new artist, who I keep thinking works for Telltale Games because of his art style, and an equally breathtaking cardstock variant by John Timms, which 
on the on the original cover, it just features the entire DC Universe heroes: Harley Quinn, Robin, Damian Wayne, Black Adam, the Justice Society, the return of quite Courtney Whitemore, Starfire, Coriander, Nightwing, the Titans, Red X. Yeah, that was surprising, and Red Hood. So, and the variant cover features Wonder Woman in a new outfit, which shows her seemingly in a realm of God, since, you know, God's holy vengeance, the specter is there. So, these these stories will be delivered by some of the best talent in comics, including among others. And the list goes out with Joshua Williamson, Scott Snyder, James Tyron IV, Brian Michael Bendis, because he has to happen... Becky Cullen and Michael W. Conrad, Jeff Johns, Joshua Williamson, and Philip Kennedy Johnson. I will not mention the artists because it would take forever to get into and I can't pronounce some of their names. But Infinite Frontier will also serve as the catalyst for a new Can't Miss series and storylines continuing throughout 2021. And in some of the listings, an unexpected, an unthinkable attack act by the Joker makes him the target of a worldwide dragnet with ex-cop Jim Gordon in hot pursuit in the ongoing series The Joker by James Tyron IV and Gila March. I've always been mixed about Gila March's art style. It just looks way too... trying to be a flash of a mix of two styles of realism, dynamic, but it just comes off a little weird. Like, there's sometimes it's good, but there are times it gets... I don't know how to describe it. Like, it feels way out of it for me a little bit he was around during the tom king run so we'll have to see where that goes spinning out for breakout appearances in future state wonder woman and future state superman wonder woman young yara floor begins the search of her destiny and her connection to the amazons so the new wonder woman in the future state event was Basically a testing out, and now she's coming back into the main DC universe, but this time she's rumored to be the new Wonder Girl, even getting a TV series up for her in the CW. It's orientation day at Titans Tower as Tim Sheridan and Raphael Sandoval, butcher that name, introduced a new group of teen heroes, including the future Red X, to the original new Teen Titans era members, setting the table for the duo's Teen Titans Academy series in March. So they basically took the page from the Strange Academy and were like, we can do that with the Titans. The adventures of the Justice League continue, beginning with Justice League issue 59, now written by Brian Michael Bendis, with JLA members including Black Adam, Hippolyta, and Naomi. So... I was mixed when I heard this because Brian Michael Bendis' run on Superman was not as good as it should have been. I'm not saying he's bad and I'm not saying he's a hack, but my problem with Brian Michael Bendis' style is that he deliberately ignores continuity and just does his own thing. But when it came to Superman, it very did feel like he was in character. Superman as a character, when I was reading some of his issues, did feel like Superman was in character. It's just everything around Superman was Brian Michael Bendez. And that leads to some questionable realities in the state of the DC universe for, for us and everything. Leading to Superman revealing his identity for like the third time, I think, at this point. But the announcement that he's going to go and do Justice League after the very divisive reaction he got with Superman 
is it's just weird to me. It's just I don't know how to feel about that. And Black Adam and Hippolyta like Black Adam, I, I kinda get. They gotta promote the Black Adam movie, so might as well bring Black Adam on board. Hippolyta So this is the thing that makes me confused on Hippolyta's role. So I get from a pre-New 52 perspective that Hippolyta was part of that Hippolyta could be in theory part of the Justice League since she was Wonder Woman once upon a time during her days when she was younger. But, and she was part of the Justice Society as well. But her being in the group now after it was retconned that Wonder Woman was around all the way back to World War II and in some aspects World War One. But Hippolyta now, I don't really see her doing that and I'm wondering what Wonder Woman was doing. And Naomi... So she's a new character. She's honestly the best thing that came out of Brian Michael Bendis' current run in DC Comics, which is telling. Because if I had to guess why it's so easy to write her story more than, say, Superman, is primarily because Naomi is an original character. Brian Michael Bendis and another writer helped create her, but Bendis was the one leading the charge. So it made sense that he would write Naomi more than anyone else because he works well with original concepts and original characters and if they are a character that is in continuity with the main universe of stories at least it could be reverse engineered by another writer to flesh them out more into the other side of the universe whereas he can be more self-contained with the character but another writer can work with what he gets with that character but her in the Justice League, it feels rushed, in my opinion. Like, I get it's Brian Michael Bendis and he's going to get some aspect of his way, but the fact that he's going to do this, and, and one of the big rumors coming out was that he is going to have Green Arrow be the leader, which, okay, I was confused by that, but I'll, I'll get to that. Wonder Woman, meanwhile, ventures into the God Sphere, creating an exciting new storyline by Becky Cullen, Michael W. Conrad, and Travis Moore, continuing in March's Wonder Woman issue 770. An acclaimed award-winning writer, Jeff Johns and Todd Newick, tell an all-new Stargirl story. For fans wanting a gateway into the next great era of storytelling, the 64-page oversized one-shot is a guaranteed must-have for March pull lists, priced at $5.99 for the main color version, and, and the $6.99 for the cardstock variant. This book will be available at all comic book stores and participating digital retailers on Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. So, we get that. And another thing that was announced over the week during this we're going to go ahead and give my overall thoughts at the end of all this a new announcement regarding james tyron's expansion of the batman mythos is a book called batman urban legends which will be a new 64 page monthly anthology series spotlighting new creative voices and ties into some of the biggest events in gotham the first six issues are anchored by batman and red hood thriller from from writer chip sadarsky which will star Batman and Red Hood and 
one of the other storylines is Grifters is featuring Cole Cash, The Grifter, by Matthew Rosenberg, and artist Ryan Benjamin, continuing from the pages of Batman 101. As Gun for Hire Cole Cash, a.k.a. Grifter, is still on Gotham, um, on the trail of the true motives of the Halo Corporation, and yes, Batman and Grifter go head-to-head again. And a story set before the launch of the new ongoing Harley Quinn series, writer Stephanie Phillips and future state Batman artist Lori Brygren and team up to help Harley sort out her complicated history with Poison Ivy, but first she'll have to find her. Meaning that they're going to finally address will they or won't they, and if Harley's going to be able to convince Poison Ivy from not being Queen Ivy for reasons I'll never understand. But we'll have to see. The debate issue also will launch a three-part tale of The Outsiders, courtesy of Future State Outsiders, Ryan Brandon Thomas, with art by Max Dunbar, who wrote, who artistly drew Marvel's Champions, Dungeons and & Dragons, and Judge Dredd. This saga reunites team members Black Lightning, Katana, and Metamorpho, but this reunion quickly turns into a confrontation with an appearance from a figure of Katana's past. Batman Urban Legends issue number one is a $7.99 prestige format series debuting on Tuesday, March 16, 2021 with covers by with the main cover and David Finch variant and Kiel Nugan featuring a variant cover. I'm probably going to get the David Finch version. Starting that off, we also get Joker, the first ever, the first run of a Joker series since what, the 1960s? I think, man, it's just been an insane ride, hasn't it? So, in the solicitation, it says, The Joker faces a worldwide manhunt, a determined ex-cop, and the mysterious new enemies in the new Joker, an all-new, ongoing monthly series from DC. Batman writer James Tyron IV and Gullion March put the Joker on the run this March. And on the cover, you have Bane, which means Bane's going to have a clear role, because in The Dark Knight's... Uh, war with the Joker in the Joker War storyline, Joker did threaten Bane because he thought Bane was weak for killing Alfred in front of the Robin instead of the Bat. (laughs) Yeah, that actually makes sense. So, Sam will be joining up to team up with Tyron the Fourth of America and the Folk to continue... I'm butchering names left and right. To continue the story of Punchline behind the walls of Gotham's most infamous prison, Blackgate. Comic book fans everywhere know that the Joker is the most dangerous villain ever to menace Gotham City. But in March, Batman writer James Tyron IV and Guillermo March go global with the Joker's brand of terror and mayhem in The Joker, a new monthly ongoing from DC Comics. After an unthinkable attack in Gotham City, the Clown Prince of Crime has become the most wanted man in the world because it took that long. The Joker is doing his best to stay several steps ahead of the law enforcement overseas, but Jim Gordon, facing retirement, realizes this is the last manhunt of his life. Nathan vows to track down Gotham's worst nemesis, completing his story career. Oh, you poor bastard. There will never be an ending for him. But there are some mysterious and new deadly forces that will also hunt for the Joker, and they're not going to let Gordon slow them down or get in the way. So James Tyron goes in and gives an interview. When I was approached by DC about the concept of an ongoing series spotlighting the Joker, I thought, what would that book even look like? I'm excited to share this story in a way that honors everything a series about the Joker can be while coming at it from an unexpected angle. 
I'm also thrilled to continue working with Sam and Mirica to expand the punchline story we began in November as a backup feature in this new ongoing Joker series. The Joker War was only the beginning of terror and mayhem we're creating. In the backup story by Tyron the Fourth, co-writer Sam Johns and artist Makira, Alexis Kane, a.k.a. Punchline, becomes the newest resident of Blackgate Penitentiary. He, while on the outside, Harper Rowe resumes her role as Bluebird to prevent her brother from falling under the influence of Punchline and her beguiling brand of anarchy and chaos. The Joker is a 40-page, $4.99 monthly series debating in comics, bookstores, and participating retailers of digital comics. On Tuesday, March 9th, the debate issue features covers from Gayla March, variant covers by Frank Whitley, E. Met- Francisco Mantena, Ricardo Ferrique, and Mark Brooks. Man, I am bad at these pronunciations. Sorry. But, yeah. So, the Joker series... I don't know. There had been a reason why DC was so against the idea of making a Joker series. Especially when the Dark Knight happened. Because everyone would not stop talking about the Joker if he's Ledger. Because... Let's be real, that would probably was tempting them to make a series about the Joker and make it sell like hotcakes. Surprised they never did that. I am curious to know why they never did this and why they're doing it now. I get, I think it might be because it's James Tyron the Fourth, but at the same time, it's like, should we really do this? A story about a villain, like it rarely works, and if you and if you have the right writer, and James Tyron is a good writer in my opinion. It would be an interesting route they could go with, but we'll have to see. Another thing is Bane. So Joker probably is going to go after Bane and probably destroy Arkham Asylum more so than ever. And as you're wondering about Jim Gordon, well, yeah, about that. So during the year of the villain storyline, he got transformed by the Batman who laughs into a servant and did some horrible things that lost his, his position of power at at the Gotham Police Department and was just relegated to a regular cop or detective. So, yeah, it was a bad year for him. But on the DC Comics side of the multiverse, the crime syndicate's going to have their own series. So, spinning out of the Dark Knight's death metal, the multiverse of DC Comics is reborn with an all-new Earth 3. A paranoid titan, Ultraman, a narcissist, Superwoman, a nihilist, Owlman, a broken moral compass, Power Ring, Emerald Knight, a psychopath, Johnny Quig, and a sadist, Atomica. Does the world stand a chance? Spoiler alert. No, no it does not. Writer Andy Schmidt and artist Carrie McConey and will launch DC's new Crime Syndicate miniseries on March 2nd to tell the origin of the new Justice League League aka the what was that the crime syndicate the j just the league of crime essentially from earth 3 spinning out of the pages of the metal event death metal event the dc multiverse is reborn and with it a new earth 3 witness the true origins of the malevolent makers of mayhem known as the crime syndicate as a common foe reunites them but how long can alliances last between villains like these so I wanted, I did want to see the series. I, I do like some of the aspects of the crime syndicate, but at the same time, it's like, should we? Like I get it, this is a mini series, so and this is on a different Earth, so we can, so I can give them some forgiveness. But saying it's the true origins and of the group known as the crime syndicate, 
there is no definitive true origin. If anything, they die, they've died three times and come back each time. So this is like the fourth resurrection. Yeah, we're really doing that. So, yeah. Anyway, Andy Smith did say, Carrie and I were given the once in an opportunity lifetime and to build a world from the ground up. We're establishing the crime syndicate's origin story for the first time, how and why they came together, and we're not taking it lightly. You'll find that you've entered a fully realized world. This is the story of the crime syndicate, but it's also a story of Earth 3 and moves and moves fast and pulls no punches. So, if you want to tell the story of the crime syndicate, you basically have to watch The Boys. That That's essentially what this is. The Boys. Oh, man. Oh, man. But uh, also in the debut issue, witness the origin of Ultraman in a backup story drawn by super artist, superstar artist Brian Hitch, who has done artwork for stuff like The Ultimates from Marvel. He's also, I believe, done the Hawkman series. But we'll have to see where that goes. It will launch, the six-issue miniseries will launch on March 2nd, 2021, where we're covered by Jim Chewing. I'm pretty sure I butchered that name wrong. And a variant covered by Scan. And so, get ready for the crime syndicate to rain hell as possible as, as ever, because this is what they'd like to do. If anything, that makes me question, what do they do when they get bored? I mean, and now that I think about it, will Alman remember what happened in the, in the crisis? Like, he now realizes that every time he dies, the multiverse will just fix him. So, does that mean he has a chance to become a much bigger villain than he already was? And will Ultraman remember? Oh, wait, you killed me, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Probably gonna get censored for this. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't... I, I think that might be a route that you might take this, but we'll have to see. The post-Brian Michael Bendis era is over, as the new writing team, name of Philip Kennedy Johnson and artist Phil Hester, team up for The Golden Age in March 2021, and plus in a backup series, Tales of Metropolis, beginning as the new writer of Action Comics and Superman in 2021. Writer Philip Kennedy Johnson, who wrote The Last God, which is the most confusing black label story I got because that has no connection to the DC universe at all in some aspect. And also the writer for Future State Superman Worlds of War flies from the DC Future State to the main DC universe in March to join artist Phil Hester and Eric Gapster here for a two-part story that spans both Superman and action comics. Saying in an interview, I can't begin to describe what an honor it is to be writing Superman action comics, especially following one of my industry heroes, Brian Michael Bendez. One of my earliest memories is the thrill I felt watching the Christopher Reeve Superman films for the first time. My goal for every issue will be to give readers some phys the same physical reaction, the same lofty aspirations that Superman desires, the desire to be better than what we are, and to do more than the world thinks we can do. In Golden Age of Part 1 on March 9th, Superman issue 29, Jonathan Kent is back from the 31st century and fighting cosmic threats alongside his legendary father. But when an interdimensional breach opens near Earth, John recognizes the creature that emerged, the cosmics, cosmic le leviathans that the Legion of Superheroes credited with the death of Superman. And a new backup series, Tales of Metropolis, in the same issue, writer Sean Lewis, DC Future State Superman Metropolis, and artist Sammy Barcy of Harley Quinn follow Jimmy Olsen on a quest to meet some of the city's more colorful denizens, beginning with 
Bibo Baboski. <laughs> I cannot pronounce that name. Then part two of Golden Age in Action Comics 1029, as Superboy actually tries to save Superman's life from the aliveness of the Breach, Superman discovers the Breach's shocking origins. But with the powers mysteriously failing, he is utterly outmatched. Can Superboy change the course of history and save his father's life? Don't miss this prelude to DC's massive Superman event. Plus, in an all-new backup of Tales to Metropolis, writer Becky Cullen and, w and Michael W. Conrad from Future State Immortal Wonder Woman join forces with Michael Avon Omen to continue the Midnighter story that Cullen and Conrad started in DC Future State. But is the DC Universe ready for Trojan Industries? In the months following uh, the Golden Age two-part crossover, Philip Kennedy Johnson will continue writing both the Superman action comics with artist Scott Golowski on Superman and Daniel Sampery on Action Comics before reuniting with Future State Superman and Worlds at War co-creator Mike Jen for a special Superman project still to be announced. The work I'm doing with Phil Hester, Scott, Scott Galson, and Daniel Sampery is already some of my favorites of my career. All three of my, our wizards on the page and the massive event that we're building up to in Action Comics is considerably bigger swing than I ever expected to get in comics. It's no exaggeration to say it will change Superman's status quo forever and have a lasting impact across the universe. The already iconic <laughs> Superman Worlds of War artwork that you've seen from Mike Janin in recent months is just the tip of the iceberg of what he and I have planned together. Stay tuned, you will not want to miss what's coming. So, that's the Superman stuff. Also, the Man Steel stars in a new prestige format anthology miniseries, Superman Red and Blue, joining up with Batman's Black and White. So, it's going to launch for 40 pages as one of six prestige format uh, with a variety of talent. So, I'm excited for that, honestly. And the main cover is going to be Gary Frank. So, instantly is interesting. Meanwhile... On that front, Sensational Wonder Woman will finally launch as a digital first, but then will come to physical comic book stores. The digital series launches on January 6th of 2021 and arrives in comic book stores on March 2nd. A combination of fan-favorite storytellers and trailblazing new writers and artists are coming together to celebrate Wonder Woman's 80th anniversary of an all-new digital first series, Sensational Wonder Woman. Published weekly, this reader-friendly, high-action series poised to deliver dynamic, standalone stories that are free of continuity, giving hardcore fans even more Wonder Woman action to love and a new fans a fun starting point to enjoy stories and provide a gateway to discovering more about Princess Diana. I would have... I would have honestly called this sensational comics because action comics, detective comics, sensational comics, it just makes sense to me. And it was called sensational comics once upon a time with 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 DC Comics doing a special sensational Wonder Woman special that was called sensational comics. I don't know why they did, they felt the need to not call it sensational comics. But we'll have to see. For the first digital arc, newly announced Harley Quinn writers Stephanie Phillips, Wonder Woman agent of peace artist Megan Hetrick, and colorist Marisa Louise pit Wonder Woman against the evil Dr. Psycho. During the battle with the villain, Wonder Woman sacrifices herself to stop him, the impact from his psychic blast trapping her in an alternate reality. With the help of guest star Hawkgirl, Diana must remember who she is before it's too late. 
Future digital print slash arcs. Arcs will spotlight Diane teaming up with other allies from the Wonder Woman mythos, such as Cheetah, Steve Trevor, Hippolyta, Wonder Girl, and others. The stories come from a host of talented creators, including artist and writer Colleen Doran, Allison, Alyssa Wong, Carlina, and several other artists with more to come. So, like I say, it will arrive on January 6th and then launch in March 2nd, 2021 as a physical version. And, and it will also include some variant covers. So, get ready for that. There will also be a new Flash team writing the story called with Jeremy Adams and artist Brandon Peterson, Peterson debuting in March 2021. The redemption of Wally West begins in Flash 768 when the former Kid Flash decides to call it quits. So... After spanning the events of DC Universe Rebirth to Heroes in Crisis, the Death Metal, the former Kid Flash, Flash, whatever you want to call him at this point, decides to call it quits. Family is more important to Wally West than the connection to the Speed Force. If you love the Flash and want to hit the ground running for the redemption arc of DC's favorite speedster, Flash issue 768 is the perfect jumping on point. So, okay, I'm confused by this. Why can't Wally West had been redeemed in the death metal event because they clearly were setting up that he was redeemed in death metal. Like there was a ton of stuff in there that made me think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that he's content. He he's made some peace with the Titans. He's made peace with other people. He's made peace with himself for what he's done. And Roy Harper seems to forgive him. So why are we doing this? Like it, like, why don't you say Wally West Flash No More story where he wants to quit now and because family's more important to him? But, yeah. Anyways, Adam goes on to the interview and saying, there's some dispute about who would win a race against Wally and Barry. It's Wally. But let's just say, it's a question that starts this new adventure. I've tried to pour all my excess enthusiasm into writing a story that explores some of the crazy sci-fi elements that Flash books are known for. So, race to the store, pick one up, or two, or three. In the months following the future statement, Barry will need his former partner more than ever. Will Barry let Wally walk away? Barry Allen and Wally West must confront the past by way of the Justice League led by Green Arrow. Ollie's the one person Wally hasn't talked to since Wally's death. So pick up The Flash starting in March 2021 and we'll see The Flash finally decide who will carry the Scarlet Speedster legacy towards the future. Will it be Barry or Wally? Well, it could be Barry, Barry, but he already had like... How many years has he been running now? Can we get Wally back his role? Man. But, yeah. So, he has not talked to Green Arrow. And it's being, and he's the leader of the Justice League. So, yeah. You're going to have to take that for what you will. Last but not least, Nightwing returns in March 2021 with Batgirl by his side. DC's original sidekick gets a new creative team in a post-future state Bloodhaven. The New York Times best-selling writer in Justice and Suicide Squad team of Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo take on Nightwing. Nightwing, with Batgirl by his side, returns to Bloodhaven in 2021. When Night with Nightwing 78 by New York Times best-selling creative team Tom Taylor and Bruno hits comic book sales. Dick Grayson is back after DC's Future State event and has tried to keep Bloodhaven safe has never been stronger. Despite awkwardly killing him twice in Injustice and in Deceased, I'm a huge fan of Nightwing. I couldn't be more excited to take on a hero I've always considered a DC A-lister. Our series is about showing that, and it's about putting Dick Grayson back on the pedestal where he belongs. I mean, 
when Dan Didia was around, apparently Tom King revealed in an interview that the original plan was for him to get healed. But Didia said, nah, I hate Nightwing, so I wanted him to be like this. Take of that what you will. But Taylor continued. It also talked. Also about taking everything Bruno and I love about Nightwing and testing him in a completely new way. Exploring how Dick reacts when faced with impossible odds and with a life-changing opportunity which comes his way in our very first issue. Bloodhaven has elected a new mayor with the last name Zuko, or Zucko, which can't be good for DC's first sidekick and former Robin, but is it good for Bloodhaven when Nightwing enlists Batgirl's help in investigating the politician bearing the same name as the man who murdered his parents? She unearths details that will shock and fundamentally change the hero. I'm not holding anything back from this project. Nightwing means kinetic potential, evolution, and a positive assertiveness is more than any other character I've worked on, and that's the kind of hero we all need right now. Working with Tom on Nightwing is the perfect evolution for us as a team. We have incredible ideas for Dick Grayson's new adventures. And appearing in the first issue of the new Nightwing comic is a potential new sidekick, a three-legged puppy that he shields from harm in Bloodhaven's alleys. Will Nightwing adopt this nameless mutt? Oh, and will she warm fans' hearts as fast as Nightwing kicks her to tormentor's butts? Meet her in the first time in March 16th, Nightwing issue 78. Tyler concluded saying, This is the perfect time for a Nightwing story. It's the right time for a charming, entertaining, positive force for good standing with unrepresented and pushing back against corruption and greed. So, I'm excited for this. This is honestly one of the best parts I loved hearing announced because Tom Taylor is a damn good writer. My problem is the Batgirl stuff. Okay, look, I, I've said this on my YouTube channel. I'm not a fan of the pairing of Barbara Gordon and, and Dick Grayson, but I've always felt like that relationship is just way easier to produce than having Nightwing and Coriander, which is a much more interesting pairing to me. Plus, I was exposed to the relationship from the Teen Titans cartoon, and I never saw Nightwing and Batgirl as a couple because I couldn't imagine it, because it just felt... I don't know, I just wasn't interested in it. But DC has been pushing for that relationship nowadays, even though there are a lot of fans that do want to see Coriander and Nightwing still together. And yes, there are fans of Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson, but I've always felt like it's just a too easy pairing to do because it just connects back to Batman. Like, he officiated the wedding in Death Metal in her Reaper outfit, but that's a different matter. But we'll have to see where that goes. And Newsarama revisited the whole... Jim Lee stuff going on back at Fandome where <clears throat> where they go ahead and explore the whole it's not going to be a reboot or anything we're not doing 5G -E. so yeah it was true that that was revealed however the two month event future state seems very much in line with what the basic premise of 5G was rumored to be a focus in part of the next generation of heroes with Jonathan Kent, Superman, Yori Floor, Jackson Hyde, Andy Curry, E, Tim Fox as the Batman. Future State will most likely be different in execution to whatever 5G was or was not going to be, but it's also very likely they share a significant DNA. News around was doing this deconstructive analysis regarding everything that was going on and, and seeing what 2021 is set for, for DC Comics and what was originally going to be DC 5G, the new era. But that's about it on that front. 
Harley Quinn relaunches with a brand new number one, because of course it does, with the artist Riley Rosmo, and I was like, oh god, you gotta be kidding me. I am very mixed on Riley Rosmo. So, her art style is very cartoony for me. If anything, it fits more if it was a horror story. Like, that's what made the Robin King debut work. But when you're trying to tell a super serious story or an average, run-of-the-mill superhero story, it's just... I don't know how to describe it. It's just off. Like, the Batman Who Laughs story by James Tyron IV during the metal event, which goes into the backstory of the Batman Who Laughs, that made it... That felt like it worked then. But when I was reading stories that feature these, this art style in, like, the Robin King, like, at part it looked like it fit, but then it didn't. So, yeah, I just don't know how to feel about this. But I'm hoping that we at least get Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn back together because that's an awesome relationship. And plus, with the TV show, they have to do something with it. They can't just ignore it. Like they tried, and I failed miserably. Also launching is Suicide Squad issue number one, again. And the solicitation reads that things have changed for Task Force X. As Peacemaker takes over as field leader, there will be no more avenging or defending for the government's top secret task force of killers, thieves, and criminals. Amanda Waller now back in control of the squad, sends a new squad to, into Arkham Asylum to recruit the Deadly Court of Owls assassin Talon, while she interviews another new candidate... Connor Kent's Superboy. Yeah, this was the thing that was said in Future State. I don't get why that's even happening. Also, Ram B is going to no longer be writing Justice League Dark as his own separate title. It is instead going to be a backup feature in the Brian Michael Bendis era of Justice League. Okay, take of that what you will. But he is going to be writing Swamp Thing. So, get a 10-issue series that will have... The next Guardian of the Green, Levy Camel. Oh, so that's so they're probably screwed. And joining them is let's see who else was on the list: Batman 106, Superman, Detective Comics being written by Marcario, Marquio Tamaki. Batman Superman is joined by Art Ivan Rias, so he's awesome. Ramby is also going to work on Catwoman in March. And I'm still mixed on, you know, Justice League being written by Brian Michael Bendez. Oh, man. But the solicitation reads that they're finally following up on Naomi's origin story and following up on the whole the whole storyline they had going for that, and then they just stopped it. But on the Justice League Dark solicitation of the backup stories, Zatanna and John Constantine take a road trip only to discover a horror around the bend as a friend, and sometimes foe is reborn in fire. A legend is destroyed, now it takes a terrible turn as Merlin reveals the beginning of a new blood-drenched plot for all of humankind. So begins Ryder's Rambi's new journey into the abyss with Justice League Dark. So get ready for for insanity, probably. Oh boy, get ready for that. So, what do I think about this whole thing other than what I've commented? So, I'm excited for this, but I have some reservations. I don't want this to end up just being an omniverse plan. I want this to still be a connective universe. 
but since certain stories are going to happen, they're probably not going to have, well, the connective history and lore, which will disappoint me because I am a continuity junkie, essentially. I have been a continuity junkie for a while, trying to get a shared history going, because when you just do story after story after story and they don't have a connective meaning to each other and they don't impact, like, you, like this character does this and this character does that, it just feels like it's pointless and you might as well just be watching a Saturday morning cartoon. And sometimes that's good, but at the same time it's like... It just kind of sucks a little bit when you're not getting that content like that content where you get to experience that this story means something to something down the road or something that affects another side of the, of the universe of characters instead of just being, oh, it affects this story and that's it and probably not ever again. So we'll have to see where this all goes. I'm hoping it's really, really good. I, I want the continuity to still mean something, but also ending in is Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp's uh, Justice League event, uh, and not Justice League, uh, the Green Lantern season two, which is weird to me. I, I, I don't I don't get why they why they did that the the whole season thing like they wanted to give the television vibe and pulpy kind of attitude. I'm more just confused about it. So, we'll have to see where that goes. But, yeah. Neo Reality Collective has officially relaunched. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe. Check out my podcast and then go on my YouTube channel and check things out there. This was the beginning of the next era of Neo Reality Collective Era 4. So, stay tuned. I'll see you all next time. Peace out and good luck with everything, everyone. Be safe out there.